This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Like it is live. It is Thursday night, October 20th, Theater of Our Lord 2022, brought to you proudly as always by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Who have they played? Not Academy, but your teams. Who have they played? Who have any of us played, as a matter of fact, at this point? We are jam-packed, high atop a boisterous downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Upset alert meter. It's coming for some of you. Just don't know who yet, but hopefully we will in the next 10 or so minutes. Tennessee's under attack. From an outside force, no less, and so I'm not going to let it go unchecked. We will address this tonight. A lot of slander out there about Tennessee, a lot of slander about Ohio State. I'm here to defend your good honor. we got more predictions. i got two more games to get to you. We've got previews. We've got a model selection on it. We've got my own personal feel for whatever it's worth. And I've got, what, Colin, four added best bets tonight, including a very rare paper-popping total move. This is weather-related. It's not the Oregon game either. It is weather-related. Doesn't always take precipitation to warrant a weather-based wager. We will dive in momentarily. Flagstaff, Arizona tuned in. Dallas, Georgia. Probably Dallas, Texas. I know the good people out there are watching. Denver, Colorado. Portland, Oregon, where I'll be in like 13 or 14 hours. Looking forward to getting out there. Hey, so I put out a challenge the other night. I'm still taking requests for what the reward should be, should you meet the challenge. But... We're going to get to 150,000 subs on this channel, and I think we're going to do it, frankly, well before the new year. But we're going to give you till January 1st. Uh, we put it out the other night. I think we've gotten like 1,600 subs since then, and that was two days ago. So what are we at right now? We're at about 136K. Hey, let's just keep going up, up, up. Hey, management's in the building right now. I mean, they're just on the other side of the wall. So make us look good for management. That's all I ever ask. Subscribe to the channel, like the video and make management think that we're actually doing something around here. Okay, let's dive into the show tonight. Upset alert meter. It is a staple of the Thursday show. Scale of 1 to 10, how real is this threat that you face? And I want to talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide. I laugh because I thought that I was going to get trashed unmercifully by Bama fans the other night because of, well, telling the truth. And they actually endorsed a vast majority of what we said on the show. Well, now... Luckily for them, they don't have a bye week. They don't have to stew on this whole loss to Tennessee thing. They get Mississippi State in there. There is no team in this conference, short of Vanderbilt, they match up with better than Mississippi State. And so the line here is 21. Personally, I think Bama's going to cover the number, but the model says the number's right. So we're not going to bet on this game. I put the upset alert at a two here. And it may shock you because we just saw Bama so vulnerable, right, against the pass. And Mike Leach, what is he known for? Throwing the ball 78 times per game. Here's the difference. Tennessee won the game the other day because they could run the ball. And I know that that's not what Jalen Hyatt did. He didn't scurry to the end zone. He caught the ball and then did so. But Tennessee's ability to be legitimate on the ground 
forced Bama into a heavier box. They couldn't play a too high shell like they absolutely will this Saturday. And look, even Bama safeties are going to be okay against the pass if they're two of them deep. And it's always been a bad matchup. Saban versus Mike Leach, it's always been a bad matchup. So I do not think this is happening. If it does happen, the world as we know it will quite literally burn to the ground. So I'm going to go the opposite way. I think it's like a two or a two and a half. Elsewhere in the South, but not the Southeastern Conference, Syracuse at Clemson. Un excuse me. Let me pay the due respect to Syracuse. Undefeated Syracuse, brought to you by the mysterious orange beverage in the Chalice of Supremacy. We got orange on orange here. Clemson is a 13 or a 13 and a half point favorite, depending on where you look. If you're interested in such things, you can get Syracuse at plus 400 on the money line. I happen to think that this should qualify as a four. Here's why. I think, I think Clemson is the solidly better team. I heavily lean them. We pick them to win. We pick them to cover. Not an official best bet. But here's what I cannot get out of my mind. I have watched Clemson and I have watched the history of this sport. And I know sometimes what you run the risk of when you stack a bunch of these pretty high pressure games on top of each other. And I know if you're playing like Arkansas schedule right now, or if you're facing what Ole Miss is about to face coming up in the second half of the season, you're not all that impressed with Wake Forest, NC State, Boston College, Florida State, and Syracuse. I get that. But the fact remains, that is the actual meat of Clemson's schedule. And this is about the fifth game in a row that they're going to need to be up or at least at a B-plus level. And there has not been a clunker in there. They've won. They've covered most of these games. They've won all these games. You had that overtime game against Wake to start this little run, and they've been dominant to quite dominant from there on out. They had a close final against Florida State, but they also had a 34-14 lead in that game to start the fourth quarter last week. So I'm going to put this at a four only because I know that history says just independent of who the opponent is, the situation could sometimes grab you. Here's my counter to that. And at this point, I'm just arguing against air. But my counter to that would be, look, if Syracuse was some middling 500 team with the same skill set, they just had some tough breaks go against them, that'd be one thing. They've got Clemson's full attention. This is a national attention game. And so it's such a blessing in disguise or a blessing in the skies depending on whether you want to be right or wrong about that, to Dabo Swinney because he doesn't have to worry about it. It's a sleepy noon spot. The bye week's on deck. History says this could be one where you trip up. I think the undefeated nature of Syracuse takes care of that. So I'm going to put this at a four because I get it could happen. I don't think it will happen. Now we go to the Big 12, the most entertaining conference in all the land. Texas against Oklahoma State. Yeah, this is an eight. Now, it sounds a little hypocritical because I did pick Texas to win the other night. I um, it's going to be a close game. But independent of what I think, I have been wrong. In fact, we've documented like, what, two, maybe even three times this year. I've said something incorrect on this show when it comes to predicting games. Could happen. I hate it, but it could happen. My speculation is we've got a new version of Texas here. And if I'm right, then all of the recent historical trends about how bad Texas is when they're in these spots, especially on the road, will be irrelevant. If I'm wrong, God forbid, then Texas is going to go and they're going to lose in Stillwater, Oklahoma this Saturday. And it's a possibility. I mean, we're, we're looking at the most recent Texas in true road games graphic over here. Uh, they went to Texas Tech most recently, albeit with a backup quarterback, and they lost. They lost at Virginia or West Virginia in 2021, at Iowa State in 2021, at Baylor in 2021. 
They got a win against TCU and they lost at Arkansas. These are all, as you can see, in the past year under Steve Sarkeesian. I think that we're gonna start a new trend. So I do not personally buy into this, but I do buy into the fact that it's a very real possibility. So I'm gonna put an eight on this, but there is an added risk, friends. There's an added risk and in a rare move, Colin, you don't have to show me anything graphically, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I am going to give you a Ramen Noodle Express added best bet here. Unprecedented, we've never, there you go. We've never done it, that's how serious it is. A second paper pop to open the show. 30 mile an hour wins out of the south in this game. And if you've never been in the Midwest, you've never felt that southerly flow, here's what it is. You've got a 30 mile an hour breeze with gusts up to 45. That's a tropical storm, by the way. Gusts up to 45. You may think to yourself, ooh, it's gonna be chilly, right? Nope, southerly winds from Mexico, cause that's kind of what's south of Oklahoma and Texas. So you're gonna have temperatures pushing 90 degrees with 35 mile an hour winds, and as one of our very, very astute viewers pointed out in my DMs last night, this is one of few stadiums in America that is east-west oriented. Crosswinds, guys, crosswind, the evil crosswind. What does Texas need to do? What does Oklahoma State need to do? They need to throw the ball. Neither of them are gonna be able to do it quite effectively if that's the case, and we are taking under 60 and a half. It is my belief that by the time you wake up Saturday morning and people become aware, that the flags are completely starched atop that stadium, you'll see that thing come down to 57, 56, 55. Couldn't be us. We're going to be ahead of it. In fact, I think that thing may come down so much we may even be able to catch a little middle. But we're not going to mess with that on the Ramen Noodle Express. Under 16 and a half, Texas and Oklahoma State, that is an added best bet. What about Iowa, Ohio State? It's not going to happen. It's a one. In fact, dare I do it? Yes, I, yes, I dare. I'm going to go below one. I'm going to go 0 0.75. You can play it, you can put it on any bulletin board you want, you can make all the graphics in the world you want. Iowa can't score enough to contend in this game. They just can't. The spread's 30, yes, in a conference game. Spread's 30. Ohio State doesn't have to score nearly 30. Okay, if you were to best case scenario here, if you just hold them to like 23 or 24, you've gotta prove to me you can get there. And there is no model, as we have established, that can predict special team scores or defensive scores. If you were to do that, 21 non-offensive points, and you have the defensive performance of the year, then yes, that could be in the cards, okay? So maybe I'll put it at like a 1.25, cause crazier things have happened. But they, as I have had pointed out to me about a dozen times per hour for the past three weeks, Ohio State hasn't played anyone this year. But I'm not saying that pejoratively. I'm saying that to indicate to you any, any game that just offers a semblance of a reason to get up, they're gonna get up for, do you remember how bad they crucified Wisconsin? And then they've had Rutgers and Michigan State, Blah. now they get Iowa at home, and they get a reason to bring recruits in there, and they go to Penn State next week, it's gonna be bad. And it may not be that it's a 50 point margin, but it'll be bad, this won't be close, so I'm not even gonna waste much time on this. Duke and Miami, kind of a random game, right? Well, not so much. I want you to remember, when we showed you in week one, week two, week three, some of the disturbing trends offensively for Miami. And now, the past couple of weeks, I want you to know, because we're equal opportunity around here, they have been rectified to a certain degree. Tyler Van Dyke's been very good the past couple of weeks. This offense has been very good the past couple of weeks. Now they lost to North Carolina last week. That's a conference loss, but they won two weeks ago. They won against Virginia Tech last week. Now they've got Duke at home. 
and this is a manageable stretch they're in. This is a noon kickoff Eastern time, so they need to get off to a fast start. Don't be messing around here. They're favored by nine now. We got on it at eight and a half. Miami is one of our best bets of the week. I'm putting this at a six, because even though I think they're going to win and cover, this reputation for Miami, I'm not even going to call them the new Miami. We're not there yet. But this even new reputation is not nearly established enough. Meemaw just put the jello in the fridge like 10 minutes ago, so it has not congealed. I have no confidence that I'm going to pull that out and it's a finished product. So we're going week by week right now, week by week. This can be a tasty gelatin whenever it does congeal. They're not there quite yet. However, I do think we're going to get a win in cover, but I'm not an idiot. I'm going to put a six on this. Big weekend coming up for you, for me, for everyone. We are going to be somewhere where it's going to rain a whole lot. So what did I do earlier this week? Well, I dialed up our friends at Academy Sports and Outdoors, got myself some rain gear. I suggest any of you in the Pacific Northwest do the same or academy.com if you don't have one in your backyard and you'll be set. We're set simply because we have locked arms with this wonderful, wonderful brand here, Academy Sports and Outdoors. Uh, they are our one-stop shop for friendship, yes, but also outdoor sporting goods supplies, grilling equipment, fishing equipment, camping equipment, Think about all the things I'm listing here. If you do nothing else in your life but the things that are related to those compartments, you're living a great life, guys. And just before you do it, visit Academy Sports and Outdoors or go to academy.com and they've got you set. This, this sounds like a place, if you don't know any better, that you go to buy a basketball or to buy a football or to buy you know, a sleeve of golf balls, and they do have those things. But that is scratching the surface, just the mere surface, of all of the wonderful things that are inside an Academy of Sports and Outdoors. And oh, by the way, for those of you who love this show, and judging by your viewership and listenership, you do, they're who make it possible. You're not paying a dime for this show. It's because they take care of it. They pay the freight so you don't have to. So just for the things you're already going to need anyway in life, all of those necessities for people like us, check out Academy Sports and Outdoors or Academy.com. I was inundated the other night because we don't want to repeat of the accident we had last week where we missed a game preview. So I was inundated with fans of a few teams who said, why didn't you predict our game Tuesday night? And the answer is because we need some stuff to talk about on Thursday. I hope that's good enough for you guys. How about this one? I'm not going to go like five or ten minutes on these, but I did want to hit a couple of these games. And then I've got some slander to address and I got three more best bets to get you, so we've still got a loaded show. Texas A&M at South Carolina. This is off a lot of your radars. It shouldn't be. Very juicy, very interesting. Ton of subplots for the storyline crowd out there. Does this have to be it for Texas A&M? And by it, I mean the, the click moment, the inflection point, sort of the scalability of the offense, if it's ever gonna happen. Isn't this kind of when it has to happen? This is the spot, coming off the bye week, where I was told, Anything that can be done to this offense, any improvement you could see, it'll come out of the bye week. Well, you got South Carolina on a three-game win streak. You got A&M on a two-game losing streak. It is egregious beyond the point of believability the last time A&M played a home game. And this one's on the road, too. Quiz for everyone out there. When is the last time Texas A&M played a home game? Answer. It was the Miami game. Remember that? Feels like three years ago. Yes, friends. That was on September 17th. It is now October 20th. This game happens on the 22nd. They don't play another home game until the 29th of October. 
So they're going from September 17th to October 29th without playing a game in Kyle Field. Crime against college football, but I digress. A&M's offense, uh, points per game, lowest in the SEC, yards per game, 20-plus yard plays offensively. It's all, you know the story. It's the lowest in the SEC. Uh, that, that kind of stuff scares some people away, and I know why it does. But here's the thing. When you come out of the bye week and you've had a little time to self-scout and to reassess, any change you could possibly make, you've made. And the reason I say that is because those stats indicate there is no motivation there's no incentive to maintain status quo. So I don't know what I'm going to get from AM, but the last thing I expect to get from them is exactly what was producing those results. Now, there's a lot of whispering in and around Aggie football. We may see Connor Wegman this week. That's the true freshman quarterback. We had Jimbo on the show back uh, for National Signing Day, and he said, we think he's the best in the country, and that includes Quinn Ewers. That's why we didn't pursue Quinn Ewers. That's what Jimbo said. He has not backed off that. And I, I know they've got a ton of confidence in him. Is this where we're going to see him? And uh, what could make that difficult is, number one, this is a really tough place to play on the road. But number two, you could have injuries along the offensive line. So keep an eye on that. It doesn't have to be he starts and plays all 70 plays. It could be that you get a, a start by Haynes King. You get a package for Connor Wegman. I don't know if we're going to see him at all. I'm just saying it's as on the radar of possibilities as we've seen all year. A&M has not scored more than 24 in any of these games, except for the Sam Houston game, I think. So that's the argument I'm seeing a lot. For people picking South Carolina, they're saying, I'm picking South Carolina because A&M hasn't topped 24 points in any of these games. And I'm like, are you going to top 24 points in this game? Because that's only one part of the equation. If A&M scores 20, but you score 10, well, guess what that means? That means a win for them and a loss for you. So I'm trying to figure out on both ends, in a game where the total is 44 and a half, that's like, that's like a late NFL preseason total. I'm trying to figure out where this offense is going to come from. And it really comes down to me, to what kind of run game am I going to get from South Carolina? You can't let them stone you to the point where you're relying on Spencer Rattler to throw your way to victory. Can't have that. Okay, so first and foremost, I got to have South Carolina establish at least somewhat of a run game here. Because here's the other thing I worry about. I mean, I've given serious consideration both ways. I changed my pick like five times on this game today. South Carolina turns the ball over, man. They've done it every game. A&M's had some games where they've done it, but South Carolina's done it more consistently, and that's a bad kind of consistency. That's the kind you don't want. Nighttime at Williams-Brice matters. Sold out. That fan base continues to do their part, and I credit them. The Williams-Brice Stadium. Said it before, and I've said it again, the most underrated night venue in college football. A&M's used to it, though. They've been to several of these big environments already. And this collection, they, I mean, they played in Bryant-Denny Stadium at night two weeks ago. So I don't think that if they lose, it's going to be because it's a shock to the senses that the environment takes on them. Let's take a look at what the line is. It's A&M minus three. Here's what the model thinks. It's shorter. It likes A&M minus one. It essentially says the game is a toss-up. Uh, that's also the model saying, ooh, may lean South Carolina situationally a little bit. Now, we've got A&M power rated higher than South Carolina, but the model's taking situational dynamics and potential injury into account. And it actually, in this little moment in time, may, may even, well, actually it wouldn't call South Carolina's at home. Colin, I almost am tempted to tell you to cut the last 20 seconds out of this show when we post it. I went back and forth all day on this. 
here's where I default. I default to Texas A&M. I have no confidence in this whatsoever. I could change my mind before I leave the parking lot tonight. I just think that there's this version of them. It's not leaps and bounds better than what we've seen. That doesn't exist this year. But I think there's a version of them good enough. And when they played in this game last year, they smoked South Carolina. And I know that doesn't always carry over, but it is, it's just a little bit too hard for me to envision this matchup totally getting flipped on its ear over the span of one calendar year. So with the least confidence possible, I'm taking A&M and I fully expect to be hurt. Um, you know, Jesse lobbied me not to predict this game, this next one, but we've got to do it. Minnesota is at Penn State. It is a 7.30 ABC whiteout game. The whiteout matters. We'll talk about it in a second. There's a lot of, there's a lot of negativity, believe it or not, around Penn State football. That's what happens when someone runs the ball for about a quarter to a half a mile on you like Michigan did. But I just want to remind you guys, some of you may be new to this whole song and dance. The year was 2016. The opponent was Michigan. The venue was Ann Arbor, Michigan, and the visiting team was Penn State. And they lost 49-10. to And they went on to win the Big Ten title. So, crazier things have happened. Let's relax. Let's put it behind us. And let's gear up for a Minnesota team that, on their own side of the equation, has not looked so hot lately. Here's what they do, though. Minnesota? can limit you, or at least they've limited the teams they've played so far to 11.7 points per game. Those teams, for the record, New Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado, Michigan State, Purdue, Illinois. A murderer's row, I would not call that, but at least they are football teams with living, breathing human beings on the field. Good for Minnesota. Let's dive into this thing. The whiteout matters. We went to this game last year, albeit against Auburn, a much more high-profile environment. It matters, but look, producer Jesse, Penn State producer Jesse, I was talking to him today and I said, Jesse, and I just took truth serum and I, I put it in his neck. I said, tell me the truth. How important is the whiteout? How much is it going to matter here? And he said, look, we're coming off a loss. It's the first time we've played an unranked team in the whiteout since 2010. Minnesota's off a two-game losing streak. Everyone knows Ohio State's on deck and we just came off the Michigan game. He said. Well, he said something else to me, and then I summarized it as such. Producer Jesse thinks we may have one of those classic college football cola conundrums on our hands, and whomst amongst us hasn't been caught up in one of those before. And according to the way producer Jesse tells me it works, you pop the top, that's great, that's the whiteout. You take the field, opening drive, crowd is at full throat. But if you don't take advantage, and if the other guy works through that early storm, then the fizz dies down, and what you're left with is just Coke, or, or pop, as his people would call it. And there is a concern, a valid one, that if Penn State can't harness that, then, you know, there's, there's, a little bit of, there's a little bit of PTSD in the back of everyone's mind as to what happened last week, and there's a little bit of PTSD as to how hard it's been for Penn State to score and find any offensive rhythm. Hey, here's a, here's a novel concept. How about a fast start offensively for Penn State? Wouldn't that be crazy? Instead of waiting to the second half to try and muster some offense, Tanner Morgan, the quarterback for Minnesota, is questionable here with concussion symptoms. We don't know if he's going to play. Here's who we do know is going to play. Mo Ibrahim. And that's a running back that is really good. And I, most of you know him, even though he plays at Minnesota. Over 100 yards rushing in 14 straight games. 
That's really good. Not surprisingly, that leads the nation. 66.2% on third down conversions are the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So you quickly see, you, you got stung by the run last, last week big time. You got a back that can do it as well as either one of them at Michigan can. And you got a team that is deadly on third down. That's an equation that if you don't get out to an early lead and you don't get off the field, could really, really lead to a quiet third quarter, a quiet fourth quarter. Remember that Illinois game last year? Ends up going to overtime. You lose, you, you lose a game. You have no business losing. Uh, this wouldn't be that bad because the line's only four on this game, but that's the way it could feel. Fast start, imperative here. Penn State, zero offensive rhythm last week. They had zero drives of 10-plus plays. Uh, Michigan had five, I think. Seems like a dozen. Desperation, I think, is going to win here, though. Let's take a look at what the model thinks. Sorry about that, Colin. I saw you just brought the slider out there. The line is four. It's come down from six, by the way. The line is four. But the model disagrees. The model has Penn State winning this thing by seven and a half. And you know what? Not only am I going to take Penn State to win, I'm going to take Penn State to cover. And you know what else? It's one of our best bets. We're going to take Penn State to win and cover. And we're going to put it at minus four on the Ramen Noodle Express. The odds as of this moment tonight on Thursday to win the Big Ten. Penn State's at plus 2,000. Illinois, for the record is ahead of Penn State. Now, that has everything to do with the division they play in, obviously. But it, it, I can tell you now, I was joking earlier about what would happen if Bama lost, kind of joking. If Penn State loses this game, they're going to be a double-digit underdog at home against Ohio State next week. Bad, bad energy around the Nittany Lions program. My advice, and write this down if you want to, would be to win. That would be my advice. I hope you, t hope you listen to every word there. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
Okay, we opened the mailbag today. The mailbag is, is, is a great, great thing for us because oftentimes you guys ask better questions than we ever would have thought of ourselves. Because believe it or not, sometimes even our staff has limitations. So I'm gonna take a little sip of what's in the chalice over here. It is a beverage from a company that shan't be named because they still have not reached out for an advertising opportunity. Delicious though it may be. So we're gonna do two things here. We're gonna open the mailbag, and while we do, I need you to like this video, and I need you to subscribe to the channel because we're gonna get to 150K that way. <sighs> this first question. So let's, let's take a look at it first, Colin, okay. Sometimes I forget we actually have tweets here. Jaron asked earlier today, Ohio State has no impressive wins, yet the media loves them so much. Why is that? Jaron, this is going to get pretty nasty. This is not directed towards you. You asked a question. It's fair enough, but I'm going to answer your question. But just understand, some of the anger that is going to come from deep down inside me is being aimed at a general idea, not a specific person, okay? I really hope you listen to me, Jaron, because what I'm about to say is, is kind of mean. Um, some of you people are idiots. Okay, some of you people have no clue what you're looking at year to year. It's like you get amnesia every single, what you would call off-season, because you clearly are a casual. Not you, Jaron, for the fourth time. Not you. Who have they played season is one of the worst times of the year. Because who have they played season is that time of year where it does not matter if you've got 11 literal racehorses on the field. If those racehorses haven't played anything ranked in the top 10, they haven't played anyone, therefore they're not legitimate racehorses, and how dare you speak highly of them. I, I just, I, I got a serious question. I know I call people idiots. Okay, you're not idiots. You're saying something idiotic. Smart people say dumb things sometimes. The dumb people do not say smart things. Smart people can't say dumb things. What do you want me to say about Ohio State? I mean, if this was your show, you've got a platform, the mic's in front of you, and it's up to you to accurately describe Ohio State football at this point. Not week one. It's, it's week eight, guys. Okay, we can't sit around for the entire season in an opinion-based format until we state our opinion. So what would you have me say about Ohio State? To be clear, my opinion is they're a national championship contender. I think they're one of the best teams in the country. I have them power rated number one right now, and I think they'd be favored against any team on a neutral field tomorrow. I think they'd be favored by about two against Georgia and about three or four against Alabama. That is not a wild opinion at all, and that's the way odds making works. Otherwise, Vegas would never be able to make lines on week one games because no one's played anyone. So remember, I power rate teams. So that's the way I look at it. It's okay to make reasonable assumptions. With Ohio State, no, they haven't played a top 10 team. It's okay to reasonably assume that even though they haven't, I think this is a pretty good team. And if you ask me why, here are my reasons. They've got C.J. Stroud at quarterback. They've got an incredible tandem in the backfield. I think they have the best offensive line in college football. I think they've got a stable of incredible wide receivers. Jim Knowles has improved this defense. Uh, they've finished top five in recruiting the last three years. These are context clues that are not just being pulled out of thin air. These things matter. Does it mean they're going to win the national title? It does not mean that. It doesn't even mean they're going to beat Iowa this week. But I got a pretty darn good feeling that they're going to beat Iowa and Penn State and Northwestern. I got a pretty good feeling they're going to be undefeated when they play Michigan. 
because of this. But they struggled against Notre Dame, Josh. Hey, Bama's gone to the wire with like four teams this year. They took it to the last play against Texas A&M at home a couple of weeks ago. Georgia trailed Missouri in the fourth quarter. Everybody's shown vulnerability. It's just that since week one, Ohio State hasn't. They've skull drug everyone. So until you show me this team that's won by 50 every week against legitimate competition, I got to judge everyone like this. Who's playing this murderer's row of top 10 competition every week? It's not the NFL. It's not the way it works. You don't play someone equal to you every single week. And here's the other thing. Speaking of the NFL, this whole ideology is so backwards because you're telling me independent of what the team looks like, you just can't praise them. You can't put any kind of numeric grade on them until they've played elite competition. Well, by that logic, let me ask you a question. If I took the Buffalo Bills right now from the NFL and I said, Buffalo, come here, you're going to the Big Ten. And they descended to the Big Ten, but they had only played Ohio State's schedule. They would have beaten everyone by 115, but they had only played Ohio State's schedule. There are people in this world, casuals amongst us, who would look at Buffalo and say, they haven't played anyone. Who have they played, though? Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime walks into the room, and these people say, yeah, but he hasn't arm wrestled anyone. How do I know that he's strong? They, you know, you go to the nicest steakhouse in New York City, and they drop a $350 12-ounce filet in front of you. I haven't tasted it, though. How do I know it's any good? You just know sometimes. Or you have a pretty good idea that if this guy's biceps are 24 inches, he's strong. If this piece of meat costs 350 bucks, it's probably pretty good. If I've got a roster full of players who are coveted by everyone in America, and the quarterback's about to go top five in the NFL draft, and all of these dudes are elite, and this coaching staff is elite, they're probably pretty good. That's how I assume. And if you want to assume otherwise, that's fine. Back it up with your money, though. Like, everybody can use their mouth. If you really believe that team's vastly overrated or doesn't deserve to be up there, go bet Iowa money line. Go, get, go bet Penn State money line. Or, or put a futures wager on whoever you think's going to end up beating them. That's available in the market right now. Jaron, I love you. I thank you for watching. That was not directed at you. We move on. Ooh, speaking of people we need to call out, Colin, let's do it. Let's, um, so I got asked earlier today to settle the Wes Rucker versus Brandon Walker debate. And I didn't know what it was. So it's explained here by Eric, but I'm going to actually tee up a second tweet. And it is from Wes Rucker. Wes Rucker works for our Tennessee side. He's been there a long time. Good dude, friend of the program. So here's what Wes said. For those of you listening on podcast, he said, Tennessee being really good has always been and will always be really good for college football because almost no one is ambivalent about the Vols. People love them or hate them. And when you see their shade of orange, you know exactly who it is. Big brand makes the sport better. Fair enough, right? I mean, you could, you could argue or disagree with some of that, but I mean, it's Tennessee's good. And generally speaking, you know, people pay attention to Tennessee. I don't know if they're loved or hated in Seattle and L.A. and New York, but I, I thought that at the very least, some interesting concepts were presented there, right? And if you disagree, you know, there's a tactful way to go about responding. Um, tactful would in no shape, form, or fashion describe our buddy Brandon Walker. And so Brandon Walker gets a hold of this, 
and I'm going to play you some audio here, and Colin has it teed up, and I will just let you hear for yourself how he responded. This is the aforementioned debate that I was asked about, and then I will give you my take. Roll it. But I promise you, if Tennessee disappeared tomorrow like they did the last 10 years, college football would keep right on marching. They'd keep right on going. College football is bigger than any one program. If Ohio State quits tomorrow, college football keeps right on trucking. If Alabama, if Nick Saban quits tomorrow and Alabama is dead and gone, college football keeps right on going. Don't you f*** on my leg and tell me it's raining and saying, oh, my good, college, oh my goodness, college football is so much better with Tennessee good. No, you big orange idiots. You think it's better because you're good. That's why you think it's better. Oh, my goodness, college football is so much better when we're good. Well, no f- hillbillies. Don't act like, oh, they saw our orange. They know who we are. Oh, my goodness. We're so great. You ain't special. Welcome back. Good to see you. Hope you stay a while. Stop acting like the rest of us were just lost until you got here. So there's a tactful way to go about responding, as I said. And then you got Brandon Walker, who runs in the room like a jackhammer operator. And that's how he chose to respond. So I got Wes over here making the bold claim that college football's better when Tennessee's good. And then I got Brandon Walker stumbling into the room yelling, absolutely not, college football survived without Tennessee. And I'm over here in the third corner saying, couldn't both of these be true? Couldn't, couldn't both of these guys meet in the middle and say, you're right, you're right, shake hands, go our separate ways. Um, college football doesn't need Tennessee, true enough. I don't necessarily think that's what our buddy Wes said. I think our buddy Wes said it's better when Tennessee's good. So, I mean, I agree with Brandon Walker. It, you don't need them. They don't need Alabama. College football, I've, I've always disagreed with people who say college football needs any one thing. College football doesn't need any one thing. Uh, not even this show. College football doesn't need any one brand to thrive. We've seen that. We've seen college football thrive with Bama down and with Bama good, with Tennessee down, with Tennessee good, etc. So it's true enough. You don't need them. But man, how is anyone about to sit here and tell me it's not at least marginally better when brands like Tennessee are rolling? I was there last Saturday night, and I've watched for a while, especially the SEC East being complete trash without Tennessee. And I greatly prefer this brand. I greatly prefer the model where we occasionally have this happening up in Knoxville. I, can, I, I prefer a model of college football where in half of the SEC, Georgia has to at least break a mild sweat before they get to Atlanta. That would be nice. Okay, so I'm going to agree with Wesley Rucker. Yeah, overall, I would say this is better. Did we do this segment just to give ourselves the excuse to replay a lot of the footage the I Josh shot last Saturday night in Neyland Stadium? Absolutely we did. And you got to excuse me for filibustering here while I just get to watch this footage again. I haven't watched it in a few days. That's great. Now, look, I need you to be careful. Um, I'm talking to our friends in Knoxville now. Uh, let me take a sip of your orange liquid. I need you guys to be careful. I think most of you know better, but some of you may not. D don't, be, don't, be talk don't be drawn into all these playoff scenarios. It is not even Halloween. Don't be drawn into all these playoff scenarios and what would happen if you had one loss and they had one loss and they had one loss. Just, uh, I know you're probably not worried about UT Martin. That's fair. Worry about Kentucky. What, worry about Kentucky and then worry about Georgia. And then you got back-to-back -back road games to end the regular season. Look, worry about what's in front of you. And 
so there, there's going to be somebody really sarcastic that comes back in the comments and says, it doesn't matter what the fan base is thinking. It only matters what the team is thinking. You'd be shocked at how much a team's mentality reflects that of the fan base. You know why? Because they're not robots that get put on a shelf six days a week inside the athletic complex. They're out amongst these people. So believe it or not, sometimes what gets said ends up being adopted and a mood outside, if you're not careful, ends up creeping inside. That's part one. Part two that I am so happy to rid ourselves of, or at least begin to rid ourselves of, is this lie that got repeated over and over and over again. That Tennessee's time had come and gone just like Nebraska's had come and gone. You may be right about Nebraska. You were never right about Tennessee. You were never right that the ingredients that once made them a national power were no longer available. It's like Tennessee goes and tries to restock up on the winning formula and the computer screen says, out of order, or, or we, don't, we don't make that anymore. Yeah, you do. You, you, good culture, hiring the right people, which is most important after that culture, and then recruiting good athletes and getting some of them out of the portal if you need to, to sprinkle his cherries on top. Yeah, that's a winning combination. It's never been impossible there. They just didn't have the right people in-house. And now they do. And voila. Look at that. Didn't even take that long, did it? And so I just ask you, yes, don't put the cart ahead of the horse. But at the same time, to the rest of the folks who tried to claim that this brand could never be a brand anymore, they, what you're seeing now was capable of being done in 2012 and 2018 and 2021. It's finally happening. But this is not an accident. This is just what happens when you put together the right combination of ingredients. So early congratulations. Now keep it rolling. Next question. I got my papers all mixed up, so I'm riding with you, Colin. Okay, sports talk on a budget, aren't we all? Uh, asked, would you ever consider doing a late kick show Saturday morning at the location you're at, kind of like college game day or big noon kickoff? Um, no, I don't consider that. Now, what I have considered before is if there were an offer on the table from one of those like big Saturday morning outfits to where, you know, that's something that contractually I entered into. Yeah, that's something I would entertain. But starting our own show? No, first off, that's an incredibly heavy lift. And secondly, candidly, I think the Saturday morning scene's already pretty saturated. I don't think you need five more shows out there, or even one more show. And otherwise, I really love what we get to do on Saturday morning. Number one, halftime, I get to go to the gym. Yeah, and that helps you out a whole lot, I know. But number two, we get there early enough, especially if we're at a noon game, and sometimes we are, and we get to get the behind-the-scenes access that you're not getting if you're busy producing a show. So, like, I mean, Brady, for example. Brady Quinn does a lot of stuff with CBS Sports HQ during the week, and then he's on the Fox pregame show on Saturday. That's great. I mean, that, that stuff works. And that's something, if that were ever in the cards, whatever, I consider that. But no, doing our own show, what I'd much prefer to do, if we do a late kick show on the road, is doing stuff like we've done recently, either the Thursday night show, or I really think that there's coming a day where we, probably for a big event, like a conference championship or playoff or something like that, we're in a big market for an extended period of time. We may stage like an in-person event sort of a, a closed, off-the-record Q&A, may even partner with maybe some other brands and shows out there. That could be in the cards. But no, we're not, we're not starting a, a um, comp competitive product for the already established Saturday morning products. Next up, a good question here, because I thought about talking about this anyway. 
the real Cleon, asked, well, he said, it feels like everyone's avoiding Georgia like the plague. I don't know why. They aren't going away just because. They're a super young on defense and still leading the SEC in points allowed and yardage allowed and all that's true. So the second part was just stats. But the first part, why is everyone avoiding Georgia? We haven't talked about Georgia a lot on this show. It's not because we're avoiding them. There's, there are very few brands that it helps us more to talk about than Georgia. I grew up in Georgia. I'm from Georgia. So I've been around the program my whole life. They haven't, look, I know it's popular to say about Ohio State, they haven't played anyone, at least when it comes to national relevance. What game have they been in? Ever since week one, that Oregon game. Listen to this. We're not doing game breakdowns on Georgia versus Samford. Georgia was favored big and won big at South Carolina. Kent State at Missouri. Auburn, they were favored by 30. Vanderbilt, there just hasn't been a chance. And so now they got the Florida game coming up next week, maybe. And then, of course, you know, everybody will be ready for that Tennessee game. But, you know, there's, there's a string of games. Look, let me, let me promise you something there. Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Kentucky back to back to back to back. And then maybe an SEC championship game two weeks from that. Yeah, we'll talk about Georgia a lot the second half of the season. I don't think people are ignoring them. I just, I don't think there's been any reason to talk about Georgia. There, there, there hasn't been a major injury. There certainly have not been close games. So I guess what I would say about Georgia right now is job well done, and we'll see you soon. The other thing to keep in mind, you could say the same thing about Ohio State. They, those two, Georgia and Ohio State, they have not been tested like Bama already has. So Bama's got flaws, and you know about them. These other teams may have flaws that you don't know about. Now, Georgia got pushed against Missouri. Like, we know this is not the most special Georgia running back tandem or stable that we've seen. Uh, they're not overly special at receiver. They're very special in the tight end room. Uh, this is not a team probably with a quarterback that can do what Bryce Young did last week. It's also a team that doesn't need to because they can play better defense than Alabama played last week. Some of the things we know about them, I'm talking about more nuanced things. Like, remember back in fall or, or spring and summer, rather, when the biggest storyline around Georgia was that number two cornerback battle, and eventually we had a guy settle in there. You never know if they're a little more vulnerable there than you realize, and they just haven't faced a team that can throw the ball on them. Like, it's theoretical. I'm just saying there may be some things after that Tennessee game that we say, oh, wow, I didn't know that this, whatever, fill in the blank, was that big a deal. So same thing with Ohio State. And I don't, frankly, I don't know when it would be exposed with Ohio State, but you know, let's keep an eye on them. They may beat Iowa this week, but struggle offensively to make you think, ooh, down the road, when someone who can pair a good defense with a legitimate offense faces Ohio State, maybe that matters. So that's the kind of stuff I'm watching with Georgia right now. I think that Missouri game was probably a good wake-up call for them because it was just in the middle of a wasteland of non-competitiveness. Uh, what do we have, Colin? We got, oh, this is a good question here. Tanner asked, what would your perfect Saturday look like if you were not in the industry? So food, tailgate, kickoff time, which stadium and traditions, etc. So here's what I did with this. I, I did the version where I'm at home. So I'm not at a game at all. Because if you're at a game, it's, it's pretty standard rinse and repeat. If I'm at home and I have my perfect Saturday, for me, it's going to be way different than you guys. So I like to get up about 7 a.m., and I like to go ahead and get to the gym and get out. And then here's the important part. And this is where you start off on the right foot. So you got the pregame shows on. 
I'm flipping back and forth between game day and Fox, and I am eating post-workout breakfast, which is rare. It doesn't happen the other six days of the week. But we got the post-workout celebratory breakfast on Saturday, and I'm meandering throughout the games. I'm watching over here on my side screen. I'm watching a monitor for line movement. And so in a perfect world, on a perfect Saturday, you would have your bets evenly spaced out. I got four of them in the noon window. I got three more in mid-afternoon. I got three more in prime time. That is a perfect day. Now, after you get through the opening window and you start getting the second halves of those noon games in, that's when you have some buddies come over. Not a lot. No one has a ton of friends. Don't kid yourself. You bring your closest, closest social circle in and you get the grill fired up and you get ready. Ideally, one of your buddies is the grill master, not you. You don't need that distraction. And so for the 3.30 window, you've got to have at least a minimum of four different kind of meats. I don't ever settle for less than half a dozen. They can be exotic. I got a zebra guy. Doesn't come from, it's not domestic zebra, but you know, you can, you can get some nice meat variety and you get someone else to do the grilling. Colin, settle down now. I, I, don't, I don't need people questioning me in my ear right now. Exotic meats. There's a market out there for it. It's a black market, but there's a market for it. And college football Saturday only. So. You get that going, and then the 3.30 window is, to me, it's my favorite window. But hopefully, on the perfect Saturday, it's leading up to a, at least one heavyweight matchup in primetime. And it's at this point that someone around there has been running their mouth a little bit too much throughout the day. You know him. I know him. Doesn't matter who it is. Every social circle's got him. And what you've wanted to do is you've wanted to, you've wanted to, kind of based him in the noon window, then you want to bait him in the 3.30 window so that by the 7.30 and 8 o'clock window, he's on tilt and he's ready to take a bet that's totally irresponsible and financially he cannot pay off, but you want to get him out in the deep end throughout the day. So you've got your own bets, but then you got a side bet, hopefully with someone in the room, and then you got to have it come through for you. And if my day culminates where I'm full I got a workout in earlier in the day. We've had a great day of games, and I humiliate one of my friends by the time the Hawaii game comes on at midnight. That's a perfect Saturday for me. How about you? I will look in the comments, and I will very much look forward. And I'm not interested in your takes on exotic meats, okay? I'm pretty set on that. I don't need a supplier. I'm pretty set on that. Eat steak and chicken. Be my guest. I don't care. I just want to have a little variety on my Saturday. Okay, we got some added best bets. I already gave you a couple of them. We've got another one. So I got one more to add on top of the ones I just gave you. Here's what we're already on. Kansas State plus five, Fresno minus 13, Miami minus eight and a half. Georgia Tech's underway right now. I don't even want to know if they're winning or losing, but we've got them minus three. Okay, we are adding Oregon State. I waited on this to move. We want the Beavers minus 23 and a half. I will be in the state an hour down the road from where they're playing and can't go see them Saturday. So we're taking Oregon State minus 23 and a half. We are taking Penn State minus four. Please come through for me, James. And we are taking the under at 60 and a half. Texas at Oklahoma State. That is a weather-based play. That is a wind-based play. And we think that that number is going to come down. So there are your early best bets. Remember, Friday Night Lines will be live from, where will I be? I'll be in Eugene. So Friday Night Lines, tomorrow night, we'll do it from Oregon. Every given Saturday tour. Headed to Eugene. I'm flying out to Portland early in the morning, looking very, very much forward to this. We have never been there. And we are finally, 
at the behest of Yogi Roth and an army of people shouting at us on the West Coast, we are taking the Every Given Saturday tour to Oregon. Dan Lanning called the show out in a positive way on his own coach's show last night. So we're looking forward to it. For Director Colin, for Producer Jesse, I'm Josh Pate. We'll be back here same time Sunday night. Take care. Enjoy your weekend. God bless. Thank you.